Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Told y'all before it was supposed to the bow. Nothing but the repeat with Wentz back on the throne. All we do is set trends, so you know all we own. Yep, I'm back with the remix. It's fourth and jaw. All birds, all Philly, midnight green. Things changing for the better since we got that ring. Put the league on notice. We're not done. 2019, we adding another one. Yeah, you heard me right on every Tuesday night. Eight to ten birds of a feather got that flight. Nothing but the hot takes. Back with the big facts for the Fans by the fans, exactly where we at. Pull up to the tailgate, stop by F1. Baptized by the Pope, been bass for everyone. Flying in from the West Coast, even overseas. Get blessed by Ginger Jesus, we disciples of the tree. E-A-G-Wait, S, don't stress, we on the same conquest. Dominate the division, destroy the NFC, conquer the AFC. Grab that Vince Lombardi, went to AJ. Clem it up the gut, be grand with the strip sack. This sound familiar, huh? Aguilar on the slot, Sproles with the return, Mills with the pick six, okay, wait, it gets worse, J-Train on the run, J-E hitting from 60, Fletcher C in that D-line, that's what you don't want to see, Erks catching tough foes on another level, the Super Bowl ain't the only time you see that Philly special, we live from Broad Street, brotherly loves the heartbeat, hungry dogs run faster and we don't eat cheap, no one likes us and we don't care, cause we from Philly and we ain't never scared, look up. But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you from Wildfire Sports Studios for 
NBC Sports Philadelphia. Welcome to the 4th and John Show, episode 67, boys and girls. If you did not hear the announcement this morning, if you missed it on Philly Sports Talk this evening, and if you just heard it for the first time during this introduction, your ears did not deceive you. That's right. Fourth and John is proud to announce a partnership with NBC Sports Philadelphia for the 2018 season. Boys and girls, we made it. Your boys came from the parking lot from the tailgate and made it way on up to NBC Sports Philadelphia. We would like to thank Todd, Maureen, Travis, everybody at NBC for bringing us on board. We would like to thank Wildfire Sports Studios for having us, for hosting us to Justin and Marcus to making this transition as seamless as possible. We can't thank you guys enough. And, of course, you, the listeners, because without you, all of this, of course, would not be possible. If you're new to the show, allow me to describe it a little bit. It's a very fan-centric show. We are not concerned about talking about the Eagles from the press box. We're, to, we're concerned about talking about the Eagles from the stands. We're less about press conferences and press passes and more about tailgates and parking lot po- parties. That is our brand. That is what we do. Fourth and John is one big inside joke. Boys and girls, welcome to the party. Give it a couple listens. I promise you we are going to grow, grow on you like the tumor you never wanted. But we're not the big news today, all right? We are two days away from the Philadelphia Eagles defending the crown. And for those of you that have been listening, you've heard me pound this table over and over again for months now. Saying what? Gail, saying what? And my fuse is lit! <laughs> saying what? There's nothing above the repeat. That's right. <laughs> there is nothing above the repeat, and that is true. It all starts tomorrow or, or Thursday. I know, guys, that this feels like unfamiliar territory. We're going into Lincoln Financial Field, Super Bowl champions. We're going to be raising a banner, the first ever in franchise history. All nerves are on edge because Dougie P in his press conference, his nerves are kind of on edge. I know this feels like unfamiliar territory, but this should feel all too familiar. We are opening up the season at Lincoln Financial Field where we had home field advantage throughout the playoffs. This should feel familiar. We're going to be playing the Atlanta Falcons who we saw in the divisional round of the playoffs and defeated. This should feel familiar. We beat those Atlanta Falcons with a backup quarterback by the name of Nick Foles. This should feel familiar. And we're dealing with adversity coming right out of the gate. Oh, all the doubters when Carson Wentz went down in Los Angeles. Nick Foles is not going to be able to lead this team. We might as well call the season a wrap. Did they? No. This should feel familiar. There's injuries going into the season. Alshon Jeffrey, Timmy Jernigan, and now Mac Hollins aren't going to be there. But this is the team who had that underdog mentality, that next man up mentality. This should all feel familiar. Sure, Nick Foles struggled in his first three games in the preseason. Absolutely. We wish he looked better. But now Nick Foles is coming into the season, running the offense that's specifically designed towards him, his strengths, and the offense that he found success with against those Atlanta Falcons. Just like Nick Foles last year struggled in his first three games before they adjusted the offense. Trust me, boys and girls, we are going to be just fine. And by the way, 
Carson Wentz is on the comeback. May not be this week, may not be next week. But when it does, we're going to have a potential league MVP coming back, and we are going to be just fine. Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter. How are you feeling today, bro? Uh, bro, yeah, bro, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind of emotions. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I, I want to e- echo the the thoughts of E. Thank you so much to all the fans out there who have supported us from day one, and the new time listeners. Uh, like uh, you know, seeing an idea on a piece of paper and talked about, and now it come to fruition. Uh, yeah, you get high on that, man. Seeing this. I, I mean, it's it's a crazy journey that we've been on, but just to see it all come together and meeting all these great people and bringing it together, like uh, forming like Voltron, <laughs> that is an amazing experience. But uh, we're we're just happy that you're here along with the ride with us. But uh, getting down to business, business. Uh, you know, I'm gonna quote the uh, great Mike Tyson, uh, <laughs> and he he said, "Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth." And opening night, someone's going to get punched in the mouth. And last time I checked, uh, this offensive line could be one of the, the best offensive lines in the NFL. Am I right? Yes, sir. So I, we, we'll be able to run the ball. You know, I think people should be, understand that Philly runs the ball well, and we can play off the play action. We could get the RPOs uh, flying. Uh, Nick Foles, did, anyone, uh, for, did everyone forget what he did in the Super Bowl? Apparently, so, so I think put some respect on the man's uh, name. You know, uh, Nick Foles has, has done it before. He's beat the Atlanta Falcons before. He beat the Vikings. He thrashed the Vikings and, and thrashed the Patriots. I think, uh, you know, it's, the team hasn't looked too great in preseason, but it's preseason, and now we're Dougie Dougie P is going to scheme some scheme something nice uh, opening night, and you just got to believe that that we're going to see the best uh, of this team. I know we're dealing with injuries, uh, and that could be a little bit concerning. But at the end of the day, we play defense, we run the ball well, and we're going to punch somebody in the mouth. I, th- I think the storyline for this game leading up to the game, besides the Eagles you know, raising that banner and all the pomp and circumstance and all the ceremony that goes along with being Super Bowl champions, the storylines are all messed up here. Because I don't think the story is going to be Nick Foles against the Atlanta Falcons. I just don't. I see Matt Ryan versus this defense. For as bad as the offense has looked, for as much as they have struggled to put up points in the preseason, the defense has looked outstanding. What is the strength of the Atlanta Falcons game? It's their passing game. You got Sanu, Julio Jones, and don't forget Ridley, who they drafted in the first round this year. It's a dangerous passing game, but we got a dangerous defensive line. Haloti Nada is freeing stuff up for Fletcher Cox. Brandon Graham already came out. John Clark asked him. Brandon Graham's already come out and said he will be playing in that game. He said he's close to 100% as well. And he's close to 100%. And 100% Brandon Graham is something nasty. Derek Barnett's going to be out there. Of course, Chris Long's going to be out there. And I think the X factor in this whole thing. Say it. Michael Bennett. Oh, I, I thought you were going to go Jordan Hicks. Jordan And Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks. Yeah, absolutely. And this secondary, this new-look Philadelphia Eagles secondary, to me, this isn't a matchup of quarterbacks. It's not Nick Foles versus Matt Ryan. It's not Nick Foles versus the Atlanta Falcons defense. It's Jim Schwartz and that nasty defense that has a strong uh, up-front line that's going to be terrorizing Matt Ryan. Listen, Matt Ryan ain't Eli Manning. We all know this. Matt Ryan's better. 
But what does Eli Manning do well? Get the ball out of his hands quickly. That's not the Atlanta Falcons game. If they can get to Matt Ryan and disrupt this timing, perfect. Plus, look at this secondary. Honest to God, look at the secondary. Jalen Mills, Darby playing well in preseason. And now you got Sidney Jones in the slot. I'll I'll take your wide receiver core and one-up you with that secondary. By the way, good luck trying to get the ball out of your hands, Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. It's going to be a long day for them. You know, I, you, you mentioned Sid, Sidney Jones, and I, th- I feel like you know he solidifies this group as a whole. I think you add, added like you add a piece like that into this defensive unit, uh, the secondary unit. I mean, it just makes a, a strength stronger. Uh, you know, he's. I think everyone's been waiting to see Sidney Jones. I think that's one yeah. of those low key stories. But then an- another low key story. There's just other all these players, like you said, Jordan Hicks coming back. Guys like Jason Peters. Like he doesn't even get a mention. Like we talk about all these other things. Jason Darren Peters Sponge. is back. Big V is not blocking for uh, Nick Foles uh, opening night. It's Jason Peters. Uh, so I think we, you got guys coming off of injury uh, that are back. And uh, Darren Sproles, not even a mention. Not even a mention. Not even a mention. Not even a follow, not a mention, nothing. I mean, he's None like he's like uh, he's like the uh, maybe Gucci of running backs. Maybe. <laughs> oh, we're back, the the we're back to the old Navy bit. We're back to the old Navy bit. Realistically, Eagles fans, what are we asking Nick Foles to do? We're beating. We're asking him to beat a tough Atlanta Falcons team, a team that's going to make some noise and try to go on into the playoffs. Not the number one team in the NFC South a good team in the Atlanta Falcons. Then we're, God forbid, but, you know, let's say Carson's not ready for week two. We're asking him to go down to Tampa Bay and beat a, and beat a backup quarterback, no Jameis Winston. And then, God forbid, he's not back for week three. What are we asking him to do? To beat the Indianapolis Colts at home? So, really, why is Nick Foles, like, the major storyline here? you got to be excited that Carson Wentz has the opportunity to get 100 before he even steps foot on the field to make sure that his body and his mind are completely prepared. And it looks that way now. It looks that way. You see everything in the pregame warm-ups to him in practice, in training camp, whatever it might be that the beat writers are putting out there on video, and the guy's doing the cha-cha slide. He looks absolutely amazing. It's just that medical clearance thing. And if we can buy Carson Wentz two more weeks to protect the overall investment which we have into the man, what really are we asking Nick Foles to do? Win a couple games. That's it. That's all. Just and be, I don't th- just be a game manager at, the, at this point. Yes. It's, it's, you know, don't overextend yourself. Play within the game. Uh, and you saw when he progressed through the playoffs, him playing within the game. You know, quick routes. You know, he's taking advantage of Zach Hurts uh, on these, these line, uh, linebackers. Uh, you know, and then, he, you know, having Sproles at his disposal, I think, uh, you know, if he plays within, in, within the game, he's, he's going to be all right. And I think the coaching staff and Doug Peterson, the collective process that goes into formulating an offensive game plan, as it always been, as it was with that Super Bowl championship run, they're going to know what they have to do. They're going to protect Nick Foles. They're going to protect him with the run. What did the Eagles do well last year that catapulted them into the postseason? Time of possession. Getting the opposing offense off the field and using a 
bevy of running backs, if you will, Mm -hmm. to ram the ball down the throat. Jay Ajayi practiced today. He's going to be a full go for the game. Corey Clement is Corey Clement. He's your jack of all trades. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the guy that doesn't even get a mention, Darren Sproles is in the offense. By the way, you still got your Pro Bowl, Super Bowl winning tight end, Zach Ertz, Super Bowl touchdown scoring tight end, Zach Ertz in the game. And, oh, yeah, dirt. Dirt. <laughs> you got some dirt on your face. You got some goat dirt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, they're going to formulate an offensive game plan that overall protects Nick Foles doesn't expose him, and will allow him to take his shots down the field like he did against the New England Patriots and like he did against the Minnesota Vikings. This isn't tough. This isn't hard. This is simple stuff. Simple maths. This is simple maths. Simple. We, are, we, are making it, we are making it out to be too much and too much of a concern that Nick Foles is starting at quarterback. That's not the headline. The headline is the Eagles' defense versus the Falcons, and the offensive game plan, the run game, the offensive line, all the other parts are going to make Nick Foles successful. Ultimately, I believe in this game. I, I think it's the trench warfare. The games are won in the trenches. You look at our offensive line and our defensive line, where the most money we've spent is in the trenches, and I think we match up well. I think uh, you don't have a, a, a Adrian Claiborne uh, attacking Big V because he's now on the nope. Patriots. Um, and now we have Jason Peters. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I think, like, it's it's so amazing to have a, an offensive line like we have. We're, we're stacked. Uh, uh, and I, I feel comfortable. I could sleep at night knowing that those guys are, are ruling the shop. Eagles fans got to ask themselves a question. What would you rather have? The Eagles offense putting up points in the preseason and racking up all sorts of points and getting you all excited or showing their hand too early with the offensive game plan, with Nick Foles playing lights out. They were holding back. That was so vanilla. They were holding back. And the starters, a lot of them weren't even in. So the preseason is behind us. I don't even want to talk about the preseason anymore. It's a non-issue. Moving forward, we've got a Super Bowl MVP and a guy who is dominant in the postseason going to play a couple games. That's it. A couple games. What are we really asking Nick Foles to do? Relax, Eagles fans. Enjoy the banner ceremony. Enjoy the tailgate. Party it up. This is your last chance to party it up. Football season. Well, as far as last year's Super Bowl goes. But... Hollywood Hearn, so you change your Twitter at. Uh, I have a new identity, yes, uh, but I've been practicing this all day for uh, for the big announcement. I just wanted to hear how it sounds. <coughs> Boys and girls! <laughs> Boys and girls! <laughs> are y'all ready for a football season? We are two days away, um, and i got to be honest with you, the nicest thing about going into this season is all the previous years that we've gone into an Eagles season, you uh, you talk when you're doing your predictions with your boys and you're talking to people that are other Eagles fans. Uh, you always end the conversation with, "Oh, this is our year. This is our year." In the back of your head, before this year, it was never our year. Nope. So we we always had that in the in the back of our head that it's possible that the Eagles could collapse by the end of the season. This is the first season we're going into it where we we say this is our year with our che- with our chests puffed out. Yes, you sir. know what I mean? We have yes, all the sir. confidence in the world that we can repeat this because there's not one game on the schedule that we shouldn't be uh, putting a fight up with. Um, with that being said, 
I had, <laughs> Mr. I picked the Falcons hey, in week one. I did pick the Falcons uh, to win in week one. A bitch. Um, I think that one thing is that it's being overlooked with this game is that we talked about last week, we talked about how with the Vikings, that's the, uh, the Vikings game versus the Eagles, that's going to be their Super Bowl because that's their, that's their uh, game to get back at us for what they did to us. We beat the Falcons in the game prior to that. They were one catch away from winning that game. I think that the Falcons have as just as much a revenge mentality as the Vikings are. And I think we're all looking forward to that Vikings game later down the schedule. And I'm just looking at um, our wide receiving core without uh, without my boy Mac yeah. and without uh, Alshon Jeffrey. It's it's a little reminiscent of uh, Carson's first year. I think Dirt and uh, Ertz are going to have to pick up a lot of slack this game in order to uh, to get a victory. Yeah, I would. I mean, you talk about the two tight end set. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be deadly. It's deadly. Yeah, now, if you look at the production of how this offense moved when they started to dial up the two tight end sets. Mm-hmm. I think that played into every uh, aspect of them drafting Goddard. Yeah. Um, you know, they did it with Trey Burton, and they did it with uh, Zach Ertz, and I think this is going to be even more lethal, yeah. especially down by the goal line. But, um, you know, I, I think you you, you uh, talked about, um, you know, the, the team when, when they're playing the Falcons. I, I feel like this team ha- has an opportunity to – Play in front of this this crowd who is yeah. the, the energy is going to be the, the banner. I mean, like just being in the stadium that game. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've never felt anything like it. The, you can feel the everyone yeah, the had chills. Yeah, when 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 Julio Jones missed that pass, everyone looked looked around the stadium and people were crying and mm-hmm. that energy was so contagious. I, I felt like everyone. I think I, I grew about two inches after that game. Where? Yeah, where? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. Don't know. For, for, uh, hold on. For, for all the people that are checking in uh, now with NBC, all the new listeners and viewers that we have here, I just want, I just want to clarify something. Gail sitting here in his Basquiat shirt and his gold chain, and you, you guys are wondering online <laughs> as you're watching, is this guy this much of a baller? Yes, this guy is this much <laughs> this, of a baller this is true. every week. This, this, is, this is what you call Super Bowl swag this, right this, here. That's Super Bowl swag over this, there. This is fake. This is fake. Nine ninety nine. You didn't have to tell the people <laughs> at, ma- at, ma- at masquerade. But Gail, going back to the wide receivers, because you touched on it. Okay, Alshon Jeffrey. He's probably got, reports are he's probably going to be back week three or maybe even. They week... took him off the pup list, which is good news. That, that is, you know, that is good news. That the chances are he's going to be back week three. The fact that Matt Collins is not quite completely mm-hmm. over his sports hernia injury and he's out okay yep. that that's an issue so your starting wide receivers are, are literally mike wallace marcus wheaton mm-hmm. probably or shelton gibson whoever they probably decide gibson, probably maybe. probably gibson because they put um richard rogers on uh, injured reserve yep. mm-hmm. which was curious to me because he made the roster and then they put him on injured reserve well, i'm not sure if they were waiting on something the or knee it injury. Pumphrey, it, was, it was the knee injury <laughs> last year um and they probably didn't realize how bad it was uh and now he he can't come back i believe till like week eight yeah so uh josh perkins is gonna uh, give it a go uh, as our third tight end um but um like like you said those receivers on the back can have to step up you look at uh shelton gibson a guy that we saw progress a little bit through training camp last season had the dropsies and Mm -hmm. came into his own uh on special teams Mm -hmm. and now came back has been the man in off uh, in the off season yeah and showed out in tra- in um, preseason games. Yeah. He, he's he's got a great opportunity to to show out. The dude's got wheels for sure too. Oh, he, yeah. what, what, what would you say his forty time was? I think he's in the four four range. Four four range. Um, and you look, Mike Wallace is in the low four three range. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then um, Marcus Wheaton is a burner as well in the four three seven range. Yeah, but so does we'll, it, we'll have does, speed on the outside. Does it concern you at all going into the game, the fact that pretty much you're, 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 you're number one and number four, like two of your top four wide receivers will not be playing in this game? I mean, it's a li- not having Alshon Jeffrey um, changes the game plan, but I think I think – they're going to have to dial up those two tight end sets. I think that those are the instant mismatches right away. I, um, I, I think that we do have the guys uh, on the field. We're going to have the guys on the field. They're the burners for sure. But the one thing that we won't have on the field is the go up and get it guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that wide receiver is not going to be on the field. So that is something that is taken out of the playbook. But again, if we're playing towards that time of possession football, good stuff. You're concerned that you're, you're running the ball. You're using those two tight end sets. You're not going deep. You don't have to go deep. Mm-hmm. What you do have to do is keep the most dangerous aspect of the Atlanta Falcons on the sideline, and that is Matty Ice and those and that wide receiver trio. Mm-hmm. If they're spending too much time on the sidelines, they can't hurt you. They can't hurt you. So if you're if you're executing drives, and trust me, when that stadium you touched on the stadium before, Gail, this is going to be. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what that crowd's going to be like. Because this is complete. When I said in the intro, this feels a little unfamiliar. There's nothing more unfamiliar than everybody, 90,000 strong, standing in Lincoln Financial Field, looking up and seeing the unveiling of the Super Bowl. If you were standing on Broad Street, it would look like the stadium's going to be vibrating. Yeah. It's just going to be so loud, the whole place is going to be shaking. When you you think about. other things that these guys have to play play for the eagle players like what are they going to get up for how can they not get up for this they've seen they've seen the the highs and lows of of the fandom in the city uh going through the super bowl seeing how the the fans were you know incredible uh, seeing them at the uh you know the steps uh getting them getting getting them in the stadium and watching them see the the banner unfold and now you know they know they got to win this game and but, but the, the, there's going to be a sense of pride, you know. I, I feel like they're going to step up to the table. I, I, when we were at NBC Sports Philadelphia earlier today, we were on uh, uh, Philly Sports Talk. Shout out to Mark Verzetta, Amy Fuldul, and then we love being being and Barrett on Brooks and Barrett been arguing back and, and forth with 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 Barrett Brooks. Uh, when we were in the green room, uh, our girl Michelle asked us, "What do you think the crowd reaction would be if? What do you think?" The Eagles fan reaction would be if. If the Eagles stunk it up in the first game. What do you think the, the fan reaction would be if, and it's not going to happen, but what if they went like 0-3 to start? What would, you, what would you think the crowd or the fan reaction the game the season. Action would be? And I just can't see how they're not going to be up for it, especially in that first game. I mean, I, I sincerely think the Eagles fans are going to will this team to victory whether they want it or not. And how could they not want it? Yeah, and I, don't, I don't see this team as, uh, as players that aren't built that way. I, I don't believe they're, they're not built that way. I, I feel like they're, they're so, you know, they, they know what the next man's doing. They're, they're so, you know, they have leaders at every step of the way. I, I don't see them feeling themselves too much, smelling so, themselves too much. I, I feel like they're just not built that way. And plus, you got all these players that are new here that have Super Bowl rings, right? Free agents that they brought in that know what it takes. You've got all these guys, the uh, the rehab club, yeah. that can't that can't wait to see the field again. You've got guys on the final year of their contract. Mm-hmm. 
Believe me, guys, you want Nick Foles to ball out. You want him to tear it up. You want him to do well because you want him, when all is said and done after the season, Super Bowl and no Super Bowl, to go sign that big old fat contract. You want that because that means an extra comp pick. You want Darby playing his tail off because if he's if he so chooses to leave or the Eagles don't sign him, that's another comp pick. There you go. You've got guys right now all on contract years. What happens during a contract year? Ball out. Brandon Graham who said he's more than willing to test free agency after this season. What do you think he's thinking right now? Cha-ching, cha-ching. Speaking of cha-ching. Holy, I know where you're going. Speaking of cha-ching, Cleo Mack. Good golly, Miss Molly. What do you think about that trade? I I feel bad for Raiders fans. I feel like uh, he traded a known commodity. Um, I feel like, you know, the Raiders have become the oldest team in the NFL thanks to Mr. Gruden, um, I think it's just like uh, when you try to do dance moves and you're an old dude in the club and you, you come to the club and you're still doing the two-step or the mm-hmm. twister. That's <laughs> John Gruden. I mean, it, this, uh, the league has changed a little bit. I, I feel like you can, that sets a tone. That sets a real bad tone for the rest of the season. You just traded your best player, your best playmaker away. I mean, pay, Are, pay the man. Arguably the best defensive player in the league. I mean, you got you got two draft picks. You know, you gave up a second right back to the. Uh, yeah, but what what have you done for your team this year? Not know. a damn thing. You know, you know, you know what I find it curious though. Like everybody's crucifying John Gruden for making this trade, and I and I get it. It's not the best idea. You know, you got your best one of the best defensive players in the NFL in Khalil Mack, mm-hmm. uh, but. From the Bears' perspective, you've got a young quarterback in, uh, in Trubisky, right? Mm-hmm. Really, are you a Super Bowl contender now after making that trade? Ask yourself that. They, are the Bears deep, in that division? It doesn't matter. The Bears in that division yeah. with the Minnesota Vikings, Packers, with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers coming back, yeah. are you a Super Bowl contender right now? Because what I see from the Bears' side, and although Gruden's getting crucified for it, what I see is a team that basically signed a large quarterback-esque contract when they didn't need to. Part of the reason the Eagles were able to attract those free agents and do the things that they did is because they had a, a quarterback, an MVP candidate, under a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Gave the ability, a little financial flexibility to do what they got to do. Basically, you just signed a quarterback yeah. when you didn't need to. And it doesn't make you any, like, it's a better play. The defense is going to be better. I get it. Everything that Khalil Mack does. But you not only, like, handcuffed yourself financially a little bit, but now you've handcuffed yourself in the form of first-round draft picks to to surround talent around Trubisky. I mean, Khalil Mack is a difference maker, and I think, uh, you know, pass rushers don't grow on trees. And the the one thing, uh, you know, I do – like about that is you got to get after guys like Aaron Rodgers. He's in your division. You got Kirk Cousins in your division. Mm-hmm. So bring the heat, you know, bring the heat. And now you have Khalil Mack. It's, it's going to be interesting. I know that uh, John Gruden, and rightfully so, I, I, I get all the criticism for the trade and the way he handled it, too. I mean, that's a team leader. And you saw all those players react on social media, Twitter and whatnot, being like, yeah. you, 
You've got to be bleep kidding me. I mean, you know? the whole NFL uh, yeah. reacted crazy to it. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, I, like, I get it. I don't think we're going to fully grasp the scope of this trade until three years from now and seeing where exactly the Bears are and where exactly the Raiders are once they move to uh, Las Vegas. That, 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 that's just my two cents on the whole uh, Khalil Mack thing. Uh, speaking of, can we get a moment of silence? Can, can, can we get a moment of silence? Because I know a, a, a fan favorite here on the show is no longer with the team. And we just want to pour one out real quick. We just want to send our condolences, put our hats over our hearts for one Donnell Pumphrey, uh, who is now in that NFC North and uh, with the Detroit Lions. Yeah. It's such a what, what can really be said about the career of one Donnell Pumphrey oh, that's so deep. It just I mean all the, the great highlights. memories of um there was that time he uh, at, uh well that remember at the uh, uh, against the um who was yeah. it? Who was it? I'm forgetting. Yeah. yeah. Um and then and then that time when the, he um the juke the juke move in uh practice. In, in, yeah. in practice, yeah. that's right. He put uh yeah. yeah. And, and and he um remember that time he um scored no who was yeah, it against man. he was a better eagle than Frank Gore we could we could put it in, <laughs> in, in that sense we, we could say that more productive and I'm just praying for that little man's uh, hamstrings I, I, hope I you, get, get, you get that right uh, I know that was your boy too you know there's not too many uh, black and Filipino guys in the NFL uh, <laughs> repping my my brand over here <laughs> and I told him I said there's not too many of us and I got I got autographs you know he signed my helmet. And the other side was Nigel Bradham, but now I have to rub out the other side. You're going to rub out the other side? Or yeah. I propose oh. I, I propose that when we get our own studio here, that we would put up the uh, Donnell Pumphrey. We, we will not disrespect Pumphrey. Sign, disrespect Pumphrey. sign mini helmet. Pumphrey. Uh, that, that's actual size for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, taking him on the way the, out. The funny thing about Pumphrey, like, he, you know, like, you know, there was rumors about, you know, mentally and how he was dealing with uh, last season with, you know, Deuce was, you know, they, they had, they might have some words. Uh, you know, he, once he got uh, released, he, he killed his Twitter handle. Like, come on. Mentally, soft. You know, and then when he dropped the ball in training camp, uh, he, who was it? ESP, ESP called him out, mm. and he immediately went to Twitter. He must have been searching his name. Uh oh. And he Uh-oh. said, "I lost it in the the, uh, the lights." Like those are kind of some of those are the kind of things that would scare me as a as a coach, mm-hmm. saying like, "Dude, you you're thinking about all the other things, but we your, your game." Um, well, we wish- and, and they didn't bring him back on the practice squad either. No. No, they did, uh, they did not. You know who did make it back on the practice squad? Woo, I was nervous. I didn't think he would make it. Josh Adams, my yeah. boy Josh Adams, made it. Yeah. Surprisingly, none of the Eagles that were put on waivers got claimed. None of them. No. Not a single one of them. I really thought somebody was going to go in for Josh Adams. Yeah. I, but you know who's starting for the Green Bay Packers, right? Oh, God. Running back. Oh, man. I shouldn't have said anything about Pumphrey because it's digging up old wounds. Jamal Williams, BYU, drafted two spots behind don't know Pumphrey. I was so angry. Super Bowl. When they, Super Bowl banner. And they traded up for Pumphrey. Super Bowl banner. Yeah, we got the Super Bowl. So. We do got the <laughs> Super I'm Bowl. I'm saying, banner. it still burns in my chest. And also who made the team, Crikey. 
<laughs> the thunder from down, down under. under. The Australian sensation, mate. Jordan Malorda with the kick step. Oh, our boy Jordan Malorda makes the 53. Oh. Dude's a quick learner, man. Dude. For, for a guy that, when he was drafted, right? Never never played a down in his life or back in January. Whatever the stat was that I saw. This dude started playing football this year. Yeah. And now he is on an NFL squad. They a- they that asked, is impressive. They asked him what and he, he's looking good. They asked him what he knew about the NFL. Mm-hmm. He only knew Michael Orr in the blind side. Oh, that was Orr. it? That was it. That's the only thing he knew. Of, the he, only player he knew in the NFL. I'm a big, and he was just trying his hardest not to say Sandra Bullock. I'm a big Sandra Bullock <laughs> fan, mate. <laughs> big Sandra Bullock fan. He's, he's, he's come a long way, man. I, I, you think about the Eagles, you know, tracking his journey. Uh, Jeff uh, Stoutland being there at the IMG Academy mm-hmm. with all those uh, foreign players and, like, kind of guiding him along the way and be, being that, like, voice of reason and pushing him. And so when the Eagles traded up to get Jordan Mulata, you know, they had a plan in place, and you're seeing the fruits of their labors right now. Do we have, a, uh, do we have another Vince Papali on the team and Jordan Mulata? Hey, it could be the other side, uh, starring Jordan Mulata. <laughs> the other side. The other side. <laughs> <laughs> the other side. I like it. I like it. It's, it, it's a movie in the making. Honestly, the way this guy, because he has the size, the power, the quickness, all the intangible, all the things you can't teach. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, even with guys that have played the game, that have had quickness and size and power. I mean, look what Michael Kent, by the way, we'll get to him. Look Look at what Michael Kendrick said about Big V. All right, he just uses his size, no technique, his feet is absolutely terrible. And then take a look, genuinely, I don't want to talk about preseason again, but take a look at that guy's quickness and his technique. Yeah. Like that, he's not using his size to block these people. He's using just pure tech. Look at the kick step. He's got that Jason Peters, I'm almost offsides kick step. He's been learning from the best left tackle in the league. Oh, you can't he could, have, he have a and better Lane Johnson. He's a, he's in like an incubator system with like some of the greatest offensive linemen and uh, offensive line minds with Stoughton. Um and and he's got the violent hands. I mean, he he looks like uh, uh, E Honda in Street Fighter. He's out there, <laughs> yes, sir, you know, hundred hand slap. Uh, um, but it, it's it's impressive, man. Like the way he moves, guys don't move like that, you know, and. It could be, it, they could use him down by the goal line. Uh, maybe you think we got a fridge on our team? I'm telling you, I was thinking. No. I, 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 I was thinking. I was randomly thinking. I was when I was driving down here. I was like, Yo, Malata could have more touchdowns than the old Navy of running backs, uh, Wendell Smallwood. Wouldn't that be something? Instead, of, instead of at the goal line, maybe maybe fourth and goal, calling the Philly special. They're going to call the Aussie special. Oh, I like that. You put, put George, yeah, <laughs> put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> By the way, uh, the Wildfire Sports Shop t-shirts. All right, uh, they were on sale. They're twenty dollars. Go ahead and buy one. Support the cause. Support the squad. Does anybody uh, want to buy my <laughs> shit? Oh, perfect drop on the soundboard, my friend. Uh, the uh, Howie Roseman was a, a little quiet, all right, in this last couple weeks of the preseason and stuff like that. Normally, this is... He's fleecing right now. He's busy fleecing. Yeah, this He's is usually like Howie Roseman fleecing season. Yeah. This is fleecing season. But he was kind of quiet. The one guy that they did bring on was a safety from the Bears named DeAndre Hall. What can you, Gail Saunders, talk about about this guy? Because honestly, I don't, I don't know much about him. I know he was a former fourth-round pick. 
All right, they traded him for a conditional seventh round. He has that versatility in the defensive back spot that I think the Eagles like in all their DBs. You can play a little safety. You can play a little corner. You can play a little safety. You can play a little corner. He's far better a safety than he is a corner, Mm -hmm. but he's played both. He showed flashes. Unfortunately, some off-the-field issues. And I think the Bears just kind of like gave up on it and said, forget it. This is a guy who was arrested in 2017 for disorderly conduct. He has suspended one game, the first game of the season, for uh, the, uh, violating the NFL substance abuse policy. Uh, curious move, considering that the Eagles traded Torrey Smith for Daryl Worley. And granted, while parking your car in the middle of the road, piss drunk, is not a good look for anybody. Uh, and he should be released. It's kind of weird to see the Eagles take a flyer on a guy like that with some talent, but some very relevant and very recent off-the-field issues. Well, I think it also, it's Chicago Bears, it's got some ties to Joe Douglas. Uh, Ooh, the Douglas it, factor. It's got the flavor on there. Um, but you, you're talking about, you see these guys that have that versatility that they like on the back end. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not really, I don't really um, know too much about him. No. No. He's versatile. He's got some character. But that's where the team locker room comes into play. And he's missing that first game of the season. And he's missing the first game of the season. Speaking of being a a team player, locker room leader, Malcolm Jenkins restructuring his contract, clearing up $6.148 million on the contract. Uh, By the way, for those of you who are thinking it, no. Don't even bring it up. I don't want to hear it. Nope, nope, nope. Hollywood, don't even (laughs) do it. You're not even going to throw it up. You're not even going to do any of that. No throwing up the axe. Absolutely no Des Bryant. Also, the uh, the Eagles tra- traded or, or got off of waivers? Uh, I believe off waivers. Um, and he, he spent some time with the uh, Chiefs and also uh, with the Seahawks. Um, he was a Pro Bowl uh, special teamer. So, obviously, the Eagles love, uh, you know, their linebackers with special teams ability. Um, so, I mean, they, they have, uh, you know, a speci- uh, they have a, a guy with Pro Bowl ability. Playing special teams, so I like it. He had, a, I believe, he had an injury last year that, um, when he was on the Seahawks. But so they're filling some parts on the back end. I like the roster the way it stands. I wasn't really surprised by any of the cuts. I know Stephen Means was like a fan favorite. Uh, I don't believe he got picked up by anybody. I haven't seen anything. That's kind of weird though, too. Maybe, you think maybe, so? maybe, maybe they have a, a, a you know gentleman's deal in place. You know, like we'll pick you up uh, down the road. Which, which, which a lot of the times is the case. I mean, you take a look at some of the roster moves, you know, bringing back Marcus Wheaton. You know, uh, uh, Joe Walker makes the 53, and then they got a clear room for him, so they throw him on the practice squad. A lot of these agreements and are, are, are kind of in place, so don't be surprised if you see some. I mean, I mean they had that with um, Darren Sproles, you know. Yeah. They said they were just keeping him on ice. They're like, well, we're going to sign you. Don't worry about it. You excited about the statue unveiling tomorrow, Gail? We'll be there as it's uh, unveiled live, although it was leaked already. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, everyone was talking about it. Everyone, you know, it it deserves to happen, you know. Yeah. This is monumental moment. Oh, absolutely. I and mean, we only have a certain amount of days to actually celebrate, you know, this, this Super Bowl because we're moving on. We're moving on on Thursday. Some of us. Some of us, <laughs> but uh, I think it's a nice touch, and, and I, th- I like the uh, the partnership with um, Budweiser, Bud Light, Bud Light, yeah, Bud Light, Bud Light. Bud Light. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's a, it's a gift. It's a present, and it's going right in the Headhouse Plaza for everybody to take pictures with and stuff like that. We, I actually saw it today at the pro shop. Yeah, they covered it up after yeah. the photos got 
leaked. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, who's who's the, uh, the guy's probably gonna get fired for that. No, he's not. No, no. It was good. No, try it. Keep it covered, bro. I mean, Kyle's not gonna get fired from his own website. Not, not Kyle, but I'm saying the guy who left it at unattended. Oh, for said oh, right, right, Kyle right. did take that photo. I mean, they should have had someone guarding it. Like you the must protect this house, as in nobody ever seen. Spe- speaking of getting fired, should we put on End of the Road for Michael Kendricks again? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't need to throw it off. Oh, isn't karma a bee? Oh, you talked all that smack on the Eagles. And listen, I got no problems with what Michael Kendricks said on Hard Knocks, all right? He was just, he was in his own locker room with his new teammates giving an honest-to-goodness scouting report. Mm-hmm. On, on camera, though. On camera. And people were saying that... Now, you can speak to this a little bit better than I can. People were like, oh, he was playing it up to the camera. If it wasn't hard knocks, he wouldn't be up there giving that report or saying the things that he said. A lot of the times, because you've been in the locker room, Gail, in, in collegiate ball, can you tell us, like, it, would that have been a normal happening regardless yeah, of whether I mean, the camera's they, rolling or not? I mean, they, they, they go over the scouting report. I mean, your job as a player is to know exactly the guy you know his date of birth. You know all about his family. You know, they give you all this. They feed you all this information. But I, I think it was a little. I mean, if you know you're on camera, like it, me being Michael Kendricks, I would have. I wouldn't add. He don't want the smoke. Like once he, once he added, he don't want the smoke. I'm like, okay, okay Mike. Yeah, you know, you, you want to come back to Philly or, or not? And, uh, but I, I, I get trying to pump up his own players. But he also mentioned other things. Prior to that, like saying that they had more talent in the locker room than the his former team. Yeah, I don't believe that in any yeah. way, shape, or form. You don't want the smoke, Mike. You don't want the smoke. And who gets busted for insider trading? I mean, what kind of Martha Stewart garbage is that? You got busted for insider trading. Uh, best- you can't even make it interesting. Yeah. That that is such like a rich white dad thing to get busted for. It is. But the best part that came out about that was when he was trying to downplay the amount of money that he actually made there. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When the IRS is coming after you, they've got all their ducks in a row. They they know exactly what the problem was, and they're coming at you with, with the evidence. So for him to say that he was only making, what what was the, I don't even remember what the report was the, originally. I mean, the, fed, I mean the feds, they, they, they zeroed in on, oh, good old Michael. Yes, they did. They wanted the smoke. Rihanna's actually an inside informant. So when when, you know she she was going undercover to bust Michael Kendricks, her man crush Monday, you know man crush Monday (laughs) to bust him. He did release a statement. What did this statement say? I would like to apologize. Four years ago, I participated in insider trading, and I deeply regret it. I invested money with a former friend of mine who I thought I could trust and who I greatly admired. His background as a Harvard graduate and an employee of Goldman Sachs gave me a false sense of confidence. To this point, I had worked my tail off since I was five years old to become a football player. I was drawn in by the allure of being more than just a football player. While I didn't fully understand all the details of the illegal trades, I knew it was wrong. I wholeheartedly regret my actions. Since the beginning of the investigation, I have fully cooperated with the authorities and will continue to do so. I accept full responsibility for my actions. Although I did not take any profits for myself, I am committed to repaying all the funds gained illegally and accept my consequences of my actions. I sincerely apologize to my coaches, the owners, and my teammates on the Eagles and the Browns, the NFL, and the magnificent fans to whom I owe my career. I also apologize to my family who I failed in this. You all deserve better. And I will work my hardest to re-earn your trust and respect, serve, and 
advocate to educate others and show you that I will never be involved in anything like this. Thank you. And P.S. I should have listened to Carl Nassib. <laughs> <laughs> that last part was a lie. But, um. uh, and you know what? It's funny, too. Like Howie Roseman on the press conference today, he was, uh, you know, the day that all came down, he had a press conference and he was asked, like, did the Eagles know about this prior to? He didn't want to get in. He didn't want that smoke. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Howie Roseman didn't want that smoke, but he He's gave that smirk. He's dojo. That's what he was doing. Do dojo. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want the smoke, but he gave the smirk. They knew. They knew. A lot of times we, uh, we, you know, ask why this stuff happens, and there's so many different, like, backdoor sort of things that end up coming out in light but, afterwards. But they would have moved on from at that price tag anyway, you know? Yeah, but you got to wonder, like, how come they didn't get any value from them? That, I think that was uh, the thing. Maybe that was that, the, that maybe was that the was thing. Looming. That and that was looming, and maybe some people but, had. But the, the funny dirt. thing is, with was was with the Browns owners, where they had, had some dealt with some you know some financial stuff, and they got off the hook a c couple years ago. And it's funny that a linebacker gets caught for the you know same kind of thing, and he gets busted. He now gets he's gonna do some time, maybe. He's gonna do some time. Mike's oh, definitely gonna do some oh, time. Oh, he's gonna definitely get he some of that. He smoke. will be in a suit. And they, and not, they and and everybody. Not a brown suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh man! And 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 the other teams in the NFL had to know because something like this just doesn't just doesn't like pop up. I mean, an investigation is like especially this and the feds and everything. That this kind of thing like comes down the pipeline. It, you know what I mean? Like they know this it's, is it's coming. sloppy too, man. I mean, like they got money, man. And uh, it, that's, it, that's it, my point, man. His brother just got paid. You know, this, that, that family is eating right now. Like, it's it's such a, you know, mm -hmm. a stupid situation for him to get into. Got greedy. Uh, before we go into the Twitter questions, before before we get in that, just a couple notes on the tailgate. Oh, the tailgate that is coming up in F1, the tailgate of champions. We made out the lanyards. Uh, the first hundred people to show up to the tail tailgate are going to get a, uh, a commemorative lan lanyard. No, it is not a ticket, okay? Uh, nor do I know, as of right now, when the gates open. I'm getting a ton of DMs and questions asked of if I know when gates open. I'm assuming that it's going to be between one uh, noon and one. Yeah. I do have inside information from Ooh. someone that does work at Wells Fargo oh. Center saying it will the gates around F-flat will be open at noon. At noon. At noon. Okay. That's the inside source. Inside, sor it's inside sources. Source. <laughs> sources. Look, look at I Bleed Philly coming up with the inside sources. According to sources, park the parking lot F4. Make sure you quote them on that one. <laughs> <laughs> You're really going to try to get me lit up on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> Gates open at 12. Very I nice. Bleed Philly. At, uh, at 5 o'clock, we are going to have our boy Brennan doing the Jason Kelsey reenactment, a full reenactment. And for, and for those of you that are new listeners right now and that don't know about this, our boy Brennan is a, is a stage actor. That's what he is by trade. That's what he does. That's his profession. And uh, he's a man with a very large beard, a la Jason Kelsey, and a man who owns a, uh, like the uh, Philly Parade costume, mm -hmm. which you can pick up at phillyparadecostume.com. Uh, he is, and we have other individuals. Our, our boy Chris is, uh, dressing up like Chris Long. Yep. Uh, we have Porp dressing up like, uh, Lane Johnson. You, sir, will be dressing up like one Jason Peters. Yes, sir. So we're going to have them all in the truck and Brennan is going to give the full five minute plus reenactment uncensored. 
NBC, just so you know when you show up, uncensored version <laughs> of the Jason Kelsey speech. Or donkey. At 6 o'clock, the moment you've all been waiting for and the moment that Eagles fans raised over $10,000 to do, the jersey burning ceremony, the zero Super Bowls jersey burning ceremony, the jersey is right behind me. That thing's got two days left before it is no more. And we, my fuse is lit! And we are going to light <laughs> that thing on fire. The Philadelphia Eagles social media team will be in attendance, as well as Eagles president Don Smolenski. Oh! oh Eagles president Don Smolenski will be there for the jersey-burning ceremony. Now... I don't know if he's going to be the one actually lighting it up. We're going to try to talk him into it. Uh, maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But, by the way, <laughs> the, the, um, the quest for the celebrity guest burner <laughs> has been an utter and complete failure. Everybody that I've asked, and I won't name names, but they're ex-Eagles, um, not in the too distant past. I, I must have asked like eight people. Yeah. Some do magic tricks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a whole bunch of that. Nobody wants anything to do with this, so we're going to try they, our they best. They definitely don't want the smoke. <laughs> and I even I even asked the, 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 the Eagles social media team, I was like, do you guys have any suggestions on anybody that could burn this? And they're like, well, I think Swoop's costume is flame retardant. We're not sure. <laughs> and then could you imagine, like, oh, the 4th and John crew set Swoop on fire before. <laughs> Stop dropping the roll. <laughs> So that is that is all going to take place uh, all at six o'clock. Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to stream it live as best we can on Facebook Live and and, and Twitter. Given that the connection is okay, because a lot of times when we're out at the parking lot, when people are filing in, connection's fine. As soon as everybody gets there, the entire cell service goes down. So we're either going to video, we're going to try to stream it live for everybody. Uh, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But also, too, if you were attending the game, the Eagles sent out an email that said butts should be in seats at 730. Because that's when the, uh, the, the whole banner raising ceremony. The festivities. The festivities, if you will. They are going to begin then. Um, and we, we also have some, some uh, social media all-stars that yes, went sir. viral during the Super Bowl run. Uh, we have uh, the pillar guy, the guy that ran into the uh, pillar during the subway. The got, <laughs> we got, we got uh, John Rambro. He's at, at JT Evans underscore 187. He's the guy that drank the, the, Shot, the shotgun, shotgun on beers yeah, yeah. Uh, on, on NFL Network. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, we have the Go Birds kid. Go Birds um, kid is coming. And I heard he likes to party hard, so we... He likes to get bent. We don't know what to expect <laughs> from the Go Birds kid, but he'll bring the energy. And who else do we have? The um, Real Black Eagle. Real Black Eagle. And he's really black, and he's got this <laughs> eagle mask, and he's built like a professional wrestler. And I think uh, those guys right there are going to bring the energy. Sorry, folks. We couldn't land the horse poop eater. No, no, we, 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 we tried. The first, we knocked on his barn, and he just put an answer. <laughs> he he might have died. I don't yeah, know. He's probably, he's probably, probably still been. in the hospital trying to get over food poisoning from yeah. the horse poop. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun. It's in parking lot F1. It's absolutely free to attend. Uh, we do advise that you bring whatever you're drinking. We do supply the beer for the beer bong baptisms. 
Which, by the way, Farzetta on uh, PST said he might have to get baptized. I'm not sure if he said that for he camera. He said it, though. But he said it. He said it. And if he said it, if you say it, you can't, you just can't, you can't take it back. So hopefully we'll get Farzy to do a beer bong baptism with some lucky fan uh, and get that on tape. <laughs> <laughs> so they can play it during PST. I love it. All right, Mike's uh, favorite segment of the show, and that is the Twitter questions. Go ahead, why don't you fire away, Mike? All right, so first question is from uh, Daniel Z. He says, who is more likely to break out this year and why? Corey Clement or Derek Barnett? pretty good. Like uh, yeah, it's a pretty good question. Um, I think uh, with all of the rotations that we're going to have on the defensive line, I think everybody's going to have their opportunity to eat on the defensive side of the ball. I think the uh, share, um, I think Corey Clement is going to get a bigger opportunity uh, to uh, make his name. I think he's going to be the second running back of the team. I think he's going to uh, he's going to get a good enough portion of snaps to uh, make a big impact. It's interesting. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go with Derek Barnett. Um, I, I thought with the, the snaps that he had last season and the production that he had, I think he's going to uh, obviously step that up a little bit. Um, you know, Corey Clement, you know, there's a, the whole Darren Sproles factor. If, if him, you know, uh, cutting into his touches, I don't think he's going to get as much touches um, as expected. The defensive line is deep, and Jim Schwartz always rotates guys and keeps fresh horses on the field. Corey Clement with Nick Foles in the game, or maybe several games, depending on the health of Carson Wentz, is going to have a lot of touches. You know what I mean? He's going to get with Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles. I get all that. They're kind of de- He's kind of intermingled. There's no one lead back. But if you can give a one-two punch, Jay Ajayi and Corey Clement, I think that's a great one-two punch, whereas... Mm-hmm. Barnett might be a more rotational guy. That's what, I, that's what I'm figuring. You know, but I, but I do think Corey Clement, he, where he's going to eat, is down by the goal line. I think yeah. uh, you know he's, he was impressive down by the goal line, and in the passing game. And in the passing game, he, he's a he's a multifaceted running back. Uh, if I'm going to give one breakout performer, one or the other, I'm going to give it to Corey Clement. Great question though. But by the way, just 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 stemming off of that question, what would you say is the over under? For sacks by Derek Barnett. DB. Mm, I said eight last year. He got five. Missed a couple by. He could have had seven, technically. But uh, I'd say I, I'm, I'm hoping around eight, eight sacks. I, I was gonna say about seven. 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 Uh, I would. I would put. I think that's fair. Putting the over under at eight. I think. I think that's very fair. That's very fair. What would you give me the over under rushing yards? And touchdowns, total touchdowns for Corey Clement. Uh, I'm going to give uh, six rushing touchdowns. Uh, I'm going to give him about maybe 600 yards rushing, 620 yards rushing. I, I would say total touchdowns, 10, six rushing, four receiving. Wow. Oh, we're adding receiving in there. Yeah. I'd say eight on the year. Eight on the year. I'll, I'll, give, him, I'll, I'll give him 10, which I know is going to be an over. Yeah. You know, but uh, let's say I got a lot of faith in him. <laughs> I mean, he's the future of the uh, Eagles yeah. at running back, right? You, you did predict him as, uh, as the next Brian Westbrook. Compared him to Brian Westbrook. That is which, which, which wow. I caught heat. Thank you, wow. Mike, by the way. I caught heat wow. on, on Twitter about. Uh, but, I, but I do. I do believe in the guy. I'm going to say uh, 700 yards. 
Okay. In total, between rushing and receiving. No. Well, Jai have more rushing yards than Clement. I think. So. Yes. I think so. Yes. Yes. Okay. I think he's gonna he's gonna be the workhorse, but Clement's gonna be the guy that actually I'm... makes the magic. Like you were catching Jay Ajayi from behind. If he's got a long breakout run, you can catch him by uh, from behind. Corey Clement's a whole different story. Between our wide receivers and our running backs, who do you think has the best opportunity to have a thousand yard season? Mm. I mm. would have said Alshon Jeffrey. But obviously, with him missing some time the first three weeks, I, that's definitely in question. Hey, Ooh, uh, say I, Aguilar, Jason. Uh, I mean, Jay Jai, man. If they if they give him the ball like they think they can, and it that'll is, be a bell cow type thing. Yeah, though. I mean, if if, if isn't is a thousand yards doesn't doesn't mean what it used to mean. No, it doesn't because we we were the first team to win a Super Bowl last year without a thousand yard receiver or running back. Exactly. It's possible we but, could but do no, it again. But no, just just overall, like I remember when I was a kid, like it was a thousand yards. Oh, you got a thousand yards rushing. Now a thousand yards rushing is like you can go down the top running backs and like number fifteen's got a thousand. I mean, yards, Blunt you know? last Blunt last year had seven hundred and sixty-six yards rushing in a part-time fashion. Yeah. And I think Damn. Ajayi should get a lot of touches. And I think he's he's got an opportunity to hit, get a thousand. Right, I agree with that. Jay yeah, Ajayi, out of everybody. All right, another question from uh, Damon089. It says, how many yards and touchdowns for Nick Foles on Thursday night? <laughs> Nikki, Nikki, Nikki's going to throw for 280 yards, <laughs> and he's going to have three touchdowns. How many INTs? He's going to have two interceptions. Why, why are you thinking in the negative, he, man? He, 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 already, he already chalked up an L for the, the Oh, that's one. right. So, I did. So how are you going to— my guns here. How are you going to have that stat line and lose? That's going to be a high-scoring game if that's the case. It's going to be a high-scoring game. It'll be a high-scoring game. Okay. 300 yards, three, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions? No, two. Two, two interceptions. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ugh, I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> Let's say 275 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. They're going to focus the, run, the, the overall offensive game plan around the running game and use the tight ends, the two tight end sets. They're going to play it safe with Nick Foles. They're not going to ask him to do too much. Therefore, the Eagles will still win the game, and it might even be still a high-scoring game, but they're going to use the running game in order to get it done and a whole lot of Zach Ertz and dirt. Give it a little dirt. dirt. I go two, uh, 285, three touchdowns, one interception, and, uh, yeah. We're all, all three of us under 300 yards is what we're predicting. Not, not a, uh, but, that, but that's not that, that's not a reflection on Nick Foles. That's more of a reflection on how this game offensive plan. game plan should be approached. Okay. Okay. You know, I, I, I think it's more likely that we see a 100-yard rusher in this game yeah. than we do Nick Foles surpassing 300 yards passing. I forgot who brought it up on the timeline. I was reading the other day, but they, they talked about, uh, you know, the Falcons in that game. Um, they scored off a JJ fumble, and then a, a fumbled uh, punt return. Yep. Yeah. Put him in, put him in position to win, um, to, to score. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. Opportunistic. Yeah. Uh, what if that What if that didn't happen? But it did. It did. We don't do. <laughs> hyper- <laughs> we don't do with hypotheticals. Su- Super Sorry. Bowl banner. Next question. <laughs> Next question is from uh, Philly Birds. He says, "What was your thoughts about Doug getting into it with the media this week?" I was surprised we haven't talked about it during the show yet. I, th- I think every man has his breaking point. To be honest with you, I think Doug has been hearing about he's he, he's been hearing all since since the season started. What's the status of Carson? What's the status of Carson? What's the status of Carson? I understand why he snapped out, and I don't want. Doug to I, I like I, I 
appreciate what he was trying to do and keep everything under wraps as far as um, so the, the Falcons can't game plan for what quarterback they think is going to be playing. I mean, in, in one man's life, there's only so many kiss the ring moments. And, you know, he's got that Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Show me some respect. Kiss the ring. Uh, I, I, I know he was trying to protect, uh, you know, his game plan. But I, I, I know he was upset. And the, uh, the reason why he was upset is because Carson find, found out through the media about him not uh, being uh, right. named a starter. And I think that's, you know, he, he was angry. And I, I think the beat writers are getting a little chippy. Yeah. And I like, I like to see him keep, keep those guys in place sometimes. I realize that the beat writers have a job to do. And it would be complete negligence on their part if they didn't ask the, st- the status of Carson Wentz, they're just simply doing their job. They're just simply doing their job. I, I get it. But you got to understand, like, Doug already answered the question. Like, in, it, like in previous, he's already, he, ar- he already said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you 90 minutes before kickoff. I'm going to know on Friday, but I'm not going to tell you. He flat out said, I'm not going to tell you. And, I, and yeah, it has less to do with a competitive adv- advantage, although I do think there is some slight competitive advantage in that yeah. because the offensive systems are going to be different if Carson Wentz is in there or if Nick Foles is in there. And the bread proof is that is last year when, when Nick Foles was struggling. Yeah. They implemented a lot more RPOs and did formulated the game plan to his strength, and that's when he found postseason success. It's a it's it's the same system, but it's a little different. So you want to keep the Falcons guessing. That's a small fraction, quarter ounce of a competitive advantage. I think he was more upset at A, the fact that he'd been asked over and over and over again, and he felt like he already gave you the answer. He already gave you the answer on the last press conference, and now he's got to go and have an awkward conversation with Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah. And I and I know he was taking it out. He was taking out a report from a national guy to the local media, which maybe yeah. wasn't the best move. Like he was taking it. He was taking it out on them. He got a little snippy with uh, it was it was it was Jeff McClain who you know I think he got his feelings a little hurt on that. And then it was funny because I was watching at the end of the press conference where the uh, beat writers go up and grab their uh, audios, audio uh, recorders. Yeah. And the look that McLean, like he looked, uh, you know, Peterson stepped away stage right, and he, he peered right through his soul. He's like, I want to kill this guy. <laughs> and I was going to screenshot it, but it, it's, it's funny. If you go back and look at the end of the press conference, you'll see uh, McLean give the dirtiest stare. But, but look, like, if it's going to be your job to ask that question, as annoying as it is, you also can't get your panties in the bunch when Doug's like, I'm not going to answer the question. And I feel like sometimes the, the, the Philly media kind of rides on their high horse, like, you know, we're here for the, you know, with, and he, and he saw everybody in the media react like, oh, Doug, what are you doing? You can't be doing that to the media. Like, we're here for the, like, the, the don't, don't use the fans as a crutch. Like, we're, we already read between the lines. He answered the question. Go ahead. I, th- I think, quite frankly, the, the issue is, like, they're starting, all these media members are starting every single interview, uh, press conference, on the wrong foot. Like, le- how about, like, instead of the first question every single time about Carson Wentz, 
they, they go with that. How about you just ask a different question, then you get to Carson later on. You know, you know. I understand what I'm saying. Are the players yeah. getting ice cream after practice? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying. Just like anything. I'm saying if you start with Carson Wentz, then then Doug Peterson the right? exactly. It's going to set the tone. Doug Peterson's going to get annoyed, and then all the other questions that you have are all going to be. They're all going to have that little bit of tone to them, and he's going to give you shorter answers and stuff like that. Ask around about the rest of the team, and then, uh, so, I think what's so, the yeah. dealio with that I, Carson I some, fella? Some of those guys are used to Andy Reid, who always started with the, <clears throat> yeah. you know, and gives you, gives you the injuries right off the bat. He doesn't really, you know, hide them. Yeah, there's two coaches go now. Yeah, we're, but, but we're I mean, those, bigger and better those guys are conditioned to get, yeah. getting that information like that, so I feel like. As as fanalists over here, we don't have to push those. Put on a T-shirt. Uh, put, uh, we don't have to push those <laughs> agendas and like but, ask those hard questions. But 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 even the uh, like let's even even the press conference today. I was watching it on the Philadelphia Eagles periscope, right? And like the first like twelve minutes, solid was just Carson question after Carson question after. Did Carson take a dump today? Was it? Was what, it solid? Was, was it, it solid? <laughs> what, what did he eat for breakfast? How did he feel about this? Like, okay, come on. Like, like it comes to the point where it's like, it's no longer, you're not trying to be the connection point between, you know, the fans and the team. Trust me, the, like, like, ease up. Ease up a little bit. Yeah. Even Doug said at the press conference, he said, why don't you guys ask about Jeffrey? Why don't you guys ask about Marigos? Sproul, see how they're doing first. He did. Like, he brought it on to the reporters. Be like, why don't you ask about these guys and not ask about Carson the whole entire time? Yeah. And, and there's no denying that the quarterback is the most paramount story that's going to that's gonna come out of the training camp. And with the, going into the season with him being injured, that's what everyone's going to want to know. But from, from the frame of just setting the tone the right way, I, th- I think it will be um, beneficial to avoid the question at, uh, as the first question. Yeah. I mean, once Carson went down, you knew that this was going to be the question. Right. Oh, we talked about it on this show. Until he's back. Months. Until he's back. It's it's just yeah. in- inevitable. Yeah. Did you guys catch that uh, smart comment from uh, Falcons coach Dan Quinn the other day at the press conference? Uh, about uh, first thing he said without even questions, he, he was said, I know you guys are asking who's the starting quarterback. Matt Ryan's the starting quarterback for week one. Oh, did he? Yeah. He made a smart comment like that before he, he, anyone asked oh, questions. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll see you in a couple days, buddy. Yeah. We'll see you in a couple. We'll see how your starting quarterback stacks up against that defensive line. Go get him, Jimmy. But it also shows <laughs> you that he's trying to figure out what quarterback is going to be starting. He's watching his <laughs> 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 All right. Go ahead. So our uh, next question is from A. Bauer 91. She says, who is your sleeper to make a big impact on Thursday? Who is your sleeper? Uh, mine would be Mike Wallace. Oh. I feel oh. like, uh, you know, with Alshon out, Matt Collins out, I think Wallace has an opportunity on the outside to, um, you know, make some plays and get downfield. You ready for this one? I'm also sticking with the wide receivers. Oh. But he's going he's gonna to pop off with a kick return touchdown. Shelton Gibson. Okay. Oh, really? Yes. I like it. And then the Eagles are still going to lose, okay. according to I think. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, they, you know what? If they win, oh, next episode, you were just oh. getting dogged. You were just getting dogged the entire Put episode. You, the you, know, you know what I already have on the soundboard? What's that? I warned you. <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> nice. uh, my breakout performer, uh, he is going to remind, he's going to be all over the field. And remind everybody why he is the starting middle linebacker of your Philadelphia Eagles, and that's Jordan Hicks. 
He's going to be all over the place. While the defensive line is doing their job, and while Matt Ryan doesn't have enough time to go deep, and even if he tries to go deep, we've got a secondary that can line up against their wide receiving core. Jordan Hicks is going to be from sideline to sideline. Mm -hmm. Blitzing, Jordan Hicks gets at least one interception. Oh, okay. One, one interception or one fumble recovery. And a sack. Okay. And a sack. Okay. And like a sack. It. I like it. All right. Our next question is from uh, John Paradise 59. He says, whose absence will be a problem this Thursday against Atlanta, Alshon or Bradham? With our with our linebackers being so thin. You know, I can't even answer it that way because our wide receivers are pretty thin as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's a tough one. Um, the, the Eagles, I think, are going to uh, definitely feel Alshon being absent from the game. Uh, but I think I have enough confidence and this is going to be contradictory to my prediction, but I have enough confidence. <laughs> well, in, uh, why stop now? Oh, why the hell not? Um, I think that he's going to be able to come up with some sort of game plan to make the offense function. Uh, but I think with us being so thin and uh, and Hicks being the only solid, legitimate linebacker that's going to be in this game, I think that that's where the presence is going to be felt. Does anybody know who's starting at the strong side in uh, Bradham's absence? It'll be Kamagruja uh, Hill. Like, look, they got a pretty good tight end over there. Like, a pretty good young tight end over there. And if Matt Ryan is going to be running for his life and the wide receivers are going to have trouble getting down the field a lot, you got to expect some of that intermediate passing game. I think the offensive game plan, once again, is going to be worked around the strengths of Nick Foles. So I think Bradham's going to be missed more on the defensive side to answer that yeah. question. I think Bradham, you know, he, he's really strong against the run. Uh, he's definitely that dude to uh, shut things down on the outside. Um, He's a thumper, too, man. Yeah, it's, it's hard to replace a guy like that. I think, you know, I, I think we have enough weapons, especially with the, um, you know, it, it is going to suck to have Alshon not out there, but I, I feel like Bradham brings that punch to the defense. Yeah. And uh, he, he, even if even if Alshon wasn't 100%, like, when... What, last season, he could be used as a decoy. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's not going to even be available as a decoy. So, Even if we had Alshon, he wouldn't be 100% healthy. Right. I mean, Nigel Brad was 100% healthy. That, that wasn't a big deal last year with a torn rotator cuff. So. Yeah. True. All right. Uh, one last question from uh, Random Sox 15 He says, do you think JP and the other vets who haven't seen the field since last year will be affected from rust on Thursday? I think all of them will to some extent. Yeah. You got you to anticipate that. I mean, JP, you didn't see all preseason. Same thing with Darren Sproles. Uh, you did see a healthy dose of Jordan Hicks. I think he's going to be ready to roll. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, a, l a little bit of rust is to be expected. But, but guys like JP, I mean, this isn't their first rodeo. No. You're talking about a f future Hall of Famer. So whether he's coming off of injury or not, you know, this guy is going to be ready to go. And I think as football players, once you get uh, that first taste of uh, blood in your mouth, you get punched, you, it, it kicks in and another, uh, the beast awakes in you. I, I don't think they're, they'll show some slight rust, but I, I really feel like they've been waiting for this moment can for I, a long I, time. Can I just point out something that I literally just thought of? So Jason Peters, a Hall of Fame tackle, went undrafted, correctly? Correct. So Jordan Mailata, a guy that never even played football, was drafted higher than a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jason Peters was a former tight end. Yeah. Yeah. 
but uh, a beastly tight end. He's gonna, he's gonna be a hell of a uh, mentor. In the studio, hailing from San Antonio, our boy. You remember him for covering the draft down in Dallas. Yeah, buddy. It is Puga Twenty in the house, Puga. How are you doing today, sir? Talk right into the microphone, I'm my friend. I'm doing good, guys. Thank you for having me. I don't know what it, why it took uh, 67 episodes to get in here, but I'm finally in <laughs> Live. Here. Yes. There you go. And Live so and in person. I'm so here, and, and thank you guys for letting me cover the draft. I had a hell of a time down in Dallas Dude, sticking it to those cowboys. killed it, man. You killed draft, it. Dude. Now, before we get to your question, which you're going to say live on microphone here in studio, I have to ask you a question, and let's try to keep this as G-rated as possible. Uh, you are known for attending the tailgates and uh, inter, you know, mingling with the ladies, let's say. Mm. We have a hashtag P4P. You can figure that one out on your own. Uh, now that we're with NBC, we can't say it out loud. But uh, will there be, uh, do, are you bringing over a lady friend to the tailgate? Are you hoping to there, meet a lady friend? Will you be on the prowl? There's a, there's a couple of, uh, there, there's some potential out there. I've been sliding in the DMs and, <laughs> you know, hopefully. Doing your scouting report. I've, I've, I've had a... I've had a notebook of who's on Twitter, when they're on Twitter, what they're they do, times. what they like to do. Uh, well, don't, with, 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 don't, don't make it creepy, bro. The <laughs> scouting joke, report. Totally joke. The, sc- totally the kid joke. scouting report. But, well, I, I see you've grown some facial hair since the last time we've seen you. This is a, a new Puga, right? right? You know, This is an all-man Puga. Yeah. Old man. Distinguished I, you know, Puga. I, I gave it a thought, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to grow it out. Okay. See how it goes, and... I think it's going well. And people tend to like it. And right. Some of the ladies down in Texas are like, hey, I like your facial hair. Who are, are you, Deshaun Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, that, wow. that that patchiness really turns me on. Right I like a man with a good patch. <laughs> I'm sorry for breaking your balls here. No, okay. Go, go but, ahead. Uh, Rip uh, out your, oh, I know Evan oh. just uh, uh, talked about it right now. With all the high praises and fast learning uh, Jordan Maialata has had since he's been drafted, how much uh, longer do you think he has to go to? He actually sees uh, an actual, uh, he's in the game. Uh, you know, I, I, Lane Johnson actually mentioned, he said he's going to see snaps this season. Uh, and they're they're confident in what, what they see. I think, uh, you know, if, if they need a tackle to come in here and there or if they're trying to go with an extra tight end, they could always bring, you know, they use Isaac Suomalo in that role. Uh, if they're looking for an athletic guy to block on the end, they they could definitely uh, put him in there for some snaps. Could you imagine Dirt Ertz, and then you line up uh, you line up Mylata as the third tight end. Well, well as as a tackle that is a uh, available downfield receiver, El- eligible, eligible, eligible receiver. Yeah, I tell you what, if you see number sixty eight report eligible. Uh, don't blink. Yeah. <laughs> don't blink. It might just happen. It, yeah. I mean, as creative as Doug has been, um, especially last season. The I Aussie mean, special. I'm telling he, you. You're going to see the Aussie he's special. Gonna step it up a notch. It'll be like the awesome blossom. <laughs> the, the blooming onion. The blooming onion. There you go. The blooming onion. I, I just hope that his rugby instincts don't kick in. He starts lateral on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> you're running the wrong way, Jordan. <laughs> Puga, thanks so much for showing up, man. We look forward to seeing you at the tailgate, and best of luck with the uh, with the ladies there. Mac Attack is in studio as well. A gentleman who made a healthy donation to the Zero Super, uh, Zero Super Bowls jersey, burning jersey fund, whatever we want to call it. That thing's getting lit up. We appreciate your donation. Went to uh, the Tom Coughlin J Fund Foundation, Thank which you. benefits uh, families with children battling cancer. Awesome call, so we appreciate that. What is your question, sir? 
Yeah, glad to help, fellas. Good, good to be back. Good to be back. Yes, um, sir. Yeah, uh, I know we're a little thin on wide receiver, of course, but uh, do, how how much do you think Nikki's going to uh, rely on the two tight end sets, uh, Ertz and Goddard, for opening night? It's going to be crucial. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely clutch. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a big part of the offense. I think you know, you know those. I'm telling you, Dallas Goddard is going to surprise some folks. He's not on your fantasy roster. He should be. I drafted him. There you go. So did I. See? Yeah. Mac knows. And Mac has a great jersey, by the way. Look at Mac's jersey. Yeah. This is the yeah, jersey. It's on the uh, Eagles Pro Shop. Same price as the regular jerseys. I think this is what they're wearing uh, the opening night. Uh, yes. It has, it has yes. the uh, Super Bowl Champions logo patch on the left side. Every time I see the name Eagles next to Champions, it just still okay, it brings a little tear to my eye. I wish I would have known they were making those jerseys besides those three other Super Bowl jerseys I bought. I well, at least bought one or two of those Super Bowl champion like uh, logo on the jersey. Wish I would have known better. And uh, we have Rich Wisniewski, one of our uh, new contributors at fourthandjohn.com, who lives in the that. area, man, lives right down the street, bro. Long drive, 10 minutes. So, what's your question for us tonight? Uh, well, at least you guys can all grow facial hair. That's the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> Rogaine. Rogaine <laughs> is your answer. <laughs> um, any concern about. RPO, the RPOs being defended, if they choose to go to that, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I, I think it's a numbers game, and I, I think when you get that favorable matchup, you know, five on five with our our offensive line against their defensive line, I think we win every time. So I, I think uh, they're going to get creative with it. I, I don't think they're going to, you know, play their hand too too much. The beauty about the RPO is it's the run pass option. It's an option. So it's hard to defend because if you defend the run, you're going to get the pass. If you're defending the pass, uh, you're going to get the run. It really all depends on how Nick Foles reads it. So it's less about the way the defense plays it and more about the way that Nick Foles reads it in order for it to be successful. They're going to run it. It's what he's comfortable with. It's what he's had the most success with. So they're going to run it. It's up to the Atlanta Falcons to try to defend it, but hopefully Nick Foles is on his A game. And that's where you're going to see like, like that when the lights come on, when I talked about earlier about the lights come on and he's a gamer, that that's where it's going to come into play, right right there. I mean, if they can't stop that run, they're, they're in trouble. All right. Well, we would like to thank everybody tuning in. We would like to uh, welcome the new listeners to 4th and John from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, again, give us a like on Twitter, at the Mighty E-Rock. Um, at 4th and John, at Eagle Sessions, that's Gail's right there. The parking lot, F1, that's where the tailgate will be. We hope to see you all there. We love it when we mingle with the fans. Uh, again, 5 o'clock is going to be the... 5 o'clock is going to be the Jason Kelsey speech reenactment. Uh, 6 o'clock is going to be the jersey burning ceremony. And then butts in seats for the unveiling of our brand new first ever Super Bowl banner. God, I cannot wait to see that. So until then, until we see you in the parking lots, let's bring it home loud and proud, boys and girls. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! Eagles football? We're talking Eagles football. You're listening to Fourth and John. Wait, what the f is a John anyway?
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.